Hello, this is Shirley Comer, and this is our slide cast for the abdomen. Every good health his or every good health assessment starts with a good history, and the review of systems for the abdomen includes both gastrointestinal and renal uh, uh, gastro or, uh, genital uh, urinary symptoms. So you would ask them about GI symptoms such as indigestion, anorexia. Nausea, vomiting, hemoptysis, uh, pain, dyspnea, change in bowel function, constipation or jaundice, and uh, um, diarrhea. Uh, and on the renal side, you'd be interested in suprapubic pain, dysuria, frequency uh, and urgency, hesitancy, especially in males, polyuria or nocturnia. nocturnia. Remember that uh, nocturia is a early sign of hypertension urinary incontinence, hematuria, kidney and plain uh, and flank pain which which may indicate a kidney stone and uh, urethral colic. Remember we follow our our uh, four uh, step outline which is inspection, palpation, percussion, auscultation and we can do all four of these in the abdomen. In the abdomen however the order is changed slightly but we do start with inspection as usual. So with inspection, you want the patient to be laying down as flat as possible. If, they, if their head is up or they're only semi-reclined, then their abdominal muscles may be connected and it may make it difficult to do a, a full assessment, especially palpation. So you want them laying as flat as possible and you want a good light source shining across the abdomen so that you can check the contour. You want to look at the contour to see whether it's flat, rounded, distended, or concave. Uh, you want to look at the symmetry. It should be the same on both sides. You want to note any masses, bulges, or asymmetries in the abdominal wall. And you want to look for hernias. A hernia is a protrusion of a bowel loop through the abdominal wall. And uh, umbilical hernias and uh, plain abdominal her hernias, usually through the rectus abdominis muscles, are, are um, not uncommon uh, in the abdomen. You want to look at the umbilicus. You want to decide whether it's inverted or everted. Inverted is uh, an innie. Everted is an outie. Uh, normally, you shouldn't change from one to the other. If you're inverted, it shouldn't become everted and, and vice versa. However, sometimes in pregnancy or in extremely uh, distended or uh, abdomen that has a lot of ascites, uh, you can end up with an everted umbilicus temporarily. You also want to assess the skin in the abdomen. You, it should be smooth with an even color. There should be no redness or jaundice. Um, it should be, uh, if, there's th if the skin is very tight and shiny, it may indicate uh, ascites. Uh, there may be some uh, spider nevi uh, across the abdomen, and that is consistent with the liver disease uh, in that it causes thrombocytopenia, which is the normal cause for these spider nevi. And if they have an, uh, an allergic reaction to a medication, oftentimes the red macular rash that is common for uh, these allergic reactions appears first on the torso. So you may see that on the abdomen before you see it on the face or extremities. You also want to check for any pulsations or movement in the abdominal wall. 
in a normal-sized adult, you should not be able to see any vascular pulsations. However, in a, th in a thin patient or a child, you might see the aorta pulsating at the epigastric area because of their thin abdominal wall. And you may also see some respiratory movements, especially in males. Although um, people who, ha who are um, trained um, singers also tend to breathe abdominally rather than, you, so you'll see their abdomen rise and fall rather than their chest rise and fall. Um, there may also be some visible peristalsis, especially uh, in instances where they're very thin or in an abdominal uh, intestinal obstruction. You also want to look at the hair distribution. It should be uh, symmetrical and even on both sides. Uneven distribution of hair in the abdomen is an indication of vascular problems. You also want to check the patient's demeanor. Do they appear comfortable as they're laying flat? Um, if they're uncomfortable or they're laying incredibly still, uh, or if they if they have their knees uh, uh, propped up in order to uh, prevent there from being pain in their abdomen, these are all, of course, indications that there is uh, abdominal pain occurring. Next, you want to auscultate the abdomen. Uh, normally, our order is inspection, palpation, percussion, auscultation, but in the abdomen, that order is changed. It goes inspection, auscultation, palpation, and percussion. The reason being is that there's two reasons why we move auscultation up to second in the order of the abdomen. The first is that it's possible to stimulate bowel sounds the person doesn't really have by palpating the abdomen uh, before you auscultate it. The second is that if they do have some vascular problems, such as they have a large um, aortic aneurysm, a triple A, you don't want to be palpating uh, deeply around a, a large triple uh, A or, a lar or around a large in, uh, spleen, for example, because you could cause uh, um, bleeding from damage to the blood vessels. Um, so two reasons. One, don't want to stimulate bowel sounds they don't have. Number two, don't want to run the risk of causing any internal uh, hemorrhaging from uh, ruptured uh, aneurysms uh, and other vascular uh, effects in the abdomen. So in auscultation, first you want to listen for the bowel sounds. Um, you want to, uh, if they have a nasogastric tube uh, to suction, of course you need to turn that off because the suction will um, imitate bowel sounds and you could put them down as positive for bowel sounds they don't really have. Use the diaphragm side of the stethoscope and auscultate over the entire abdomen, um, but start in the right lower quadrant where the ileocecal valve is located. Um, if this is the, the area where uh, bowel sounds are the most active, so if they don't have bowel sounds anyplace else, always be sure to check the ileocecal valve. If they don't have bowel sounds there, they don't have bowel sounds anywhere. Um, you do want to listen over the entire abdomen, but the right lower quadrant is a very good place to start. Uh, this slide shows a uh, just a photo of the different uh, quadrants of the abdomen. Notice the umbilicus is used to divide the uh, uh, abdomen into four quadrants here um, at, at, uh, at a right angles to each other. Um, there's also the epigastric area and the suprapubic area, suprapubic area you should be aware of, and the area right around the umbilicus is, is often called the periumbilical area. 
this slide just shows uh, where uh, abdominal masses, um, if you find a mass in the abdomen, where it might be uh, located. So for example, or any other structures. So for example, if you are feeling or hearing something in the left lower quadrant, according to this slide here, it could be the bladder, could be colon, it could be diverticuli, uh, uh, ovarian, and so forth. So bowel sounds are caused by peristalsis. Um, you want to note their character and frequency, although we don't time them, uh, although they normally run about 5 to 30 per minute. They're normally high-pitched gurgling sounds. Um, if they're hyperactive, it may indicate an early bowel obstruction. It may indicate uh, increased peristaltic activity, such as when somebody has diarrhea or laxatives. Um, and it could also indicate a subsiding paralytic ileus. Hypoactive bowel sounds or absent bowel sounds um, are often present following general anesthesia and they may indicate a bowel obstruction. Vascular sounds in the abdomen, there are four different vessels that you're going to be listening for. The first is the aorta, which you will listen for in the epigastric area. The second are the renals, the third are the iliacs, and the fourth are the femoral arteries. Normally, you should not hear any vascular sounds, uh, but as you listen over these areas, you want to note whether you're hearing any bruies. Remember, bruies are that swishing sound um, that's the same thing as a murmur inside the heart, but outside of the heart, that sound is called a bruie. Uh, it's the same sound you hear over a fistula that's used for hemodialysis. And it sounds a lot like the sound that you get from a Doppler when you're using it to check for peripheral pulses or for fetal heart tones. So you'll use the bell of your stethoscope uh, because these are lower pitch sounds. And you'll listen at the epigastric area over both sides for the renals, over both sides for the uh, iliacs, and over the femorals. You shouldn't hear anything. Um, if you do hear something, that is abnormal. If you do hear a uh, a uh, brewy, then you also want to uh, touch that area to see if you feel a thrill. Uh, you may also want to listen over the liver uh, and the spleen for what's called venous hums. Venous hums are sounds that might be heard uh, due to stagnation of the uh, venous uh, flow of blood. Uh, and uh, in instances where there is an enlarged liver, uh, you may end up with uh, venous hums uh, over the, the liver area. Okay. After you do your uh, auscultation, then you can do uh, your percussion and your palpation. In honesty, it, t it really doesn't matter what order the percussion and the palpation come, in, uh, come into. Um, so in this slide, I have put percussion first, but in some, in some books, you'll see that they write palpation first. Either way is acceptable. Uh, in the abdomen, the important thing to remember is that auscultation comes second after inspection and before either percussion or, or palpation. You want to percuss the entire abdomen, just starting in the middle at the, uh, at the umbilicus and working around in concentric circles uh, until you've covered the entire abdomen out. You, you should normally hear timpani uh, over the abdomen because there is usually some f uh, fluid filling in the abdominal cavity. However, you may hear dullness over uh, more solid areas, such as a distended bladder, um, a, a mass, a fluid mass, a, a piece of, uh, of a stool that's in the rectum or in the transverse colon. However, your, your most uh, abundant sound should be timpani. 
you do then also want to uh, percuss the liver span. There's two places that you can do this. One is over the right midclavicular line, which is the most common place to palpate or to percuss for the liver span. Um, however, you can also percuss um, at the uh, left or sorry the right sternal border, but you would only want to do this for usually it's done for women who have uh, large breasts and uh, it's difficult to percuss at the intercostal I'm sorry at the uh, midclavicular line because the the breast is uh, too thick and uh, it's hard to lift it up to get underneath there. Um, but so for our purposes we're going to say that we always or always percuss at the midclavicular line. So we expect the bottom border of the liver to be equal with the lower um, with the lower edge of the rib cage, uh, called the uh, sternal. Uh, or I'm sorry, the um, costovertebral angle. Uh, and the bottom edge of the liver um, is is consistently found at the edge of that lower rib. Uh, so what you would do, you can start either low or high. Um, to find the um, the edge of the liver, I would suggest starting low to find the lower edge of the liver. Start low in the in the abdomen, percuss up along the midclavicular line. You're expecting to hear tympani in the abdomen. When you reach the lower liver border, the sound will change to dullness, uh, and you want to mark that area. You can use a regular pen um, that it you know that it will wash off in the in the shower. Um, use a regular pin, and then from the mark that you've already made, marking the lower edge of the liver, continue up in between the ribs uh, over the liver, and then when the sound changes from the dullness you're hearing over the liver to the resonance you'll hear over the lung tissue, you found the upper um, border of the liver. You would mark that and then measure between the two marks. The normal span is 6 to 12 centimeters. If you are percussing a at the left, or I'm sorry, the right sternal border, um, the normal is between five to eight. Uh, anything larger than 12 centimeters is consistent with hepatomegaly, uh, which of course is an enlargement of the liver. Um, you can percuss the spleen, although I won't require you to do this in uh, your. Uh, assessment uh, when you come in for your final assessment. However, you, in order to, to percuss the spleen, you would uh, percuss along the uh, 9th to 11th intercostal space at the left mid-axillary line. You do this by reaching over the patient or by having the patient turn on their right side toward you. You remember you want to do all of your assessment from the right side of the uh, bed or the examining table. Um, so you can have them move or you could reach over. The span should be no greater than seven centimeters. It is difficult to uh, percuss the spleen though and that's one of the reasons why I don't require it. Although it is nice if you uh, understand the procedure in case you ever need, um, you ever need to use that skill. Next, you would move on to palpation. You want to do light palpation and then deep palpation. Light palpation is shown in the first uh, picture here on this slide. It's one hand, about uh, one centimeter deep, pressed down, starting in the in the middle of the abdomen, and you work in concentric circles around the umbilicus, covering the entire abdomen. You moving your hand, pressing down, moving your hands in a rotary fashion, then lifting it up and moving it to the next um, area. Uh, move clockwise over the abdomen, note any guarding, rigidity, masses, tenderness, uh, anything uh, 
other than the soft pliable nature of the abdomen. If you have elicited no pain on light palpation, you can move to deep palpation. With deep palpation, you use both hands and you push down five to eight centimeters. You can push down quite far into the abdominal cavity. There's no bony structures to prevent it. And although so many people are ticklish, um, this it is not painful to push down uh, even up to 10 centimeters into the abdomen. Use the same procedure for the light. You go in a in clockwise fashion around the abdomen, pushing all the way down with both hands. Push down, move your hands in a circular fashion, then pick them up and move them to the next area. Um, don't proceed to deep palpation if you've elicited uh, pain on light palpation. Um, at that point, you want to then try to investigate the cause of the pain, but we don't want to cause them further uh, pain or any further damage if it's a vascular issue that's causing the pain. Uh, remember that when you're over the sigmoid colon, it may normally be a little bit tender. If you palpate a mass, you want to note its location, its size, its shape, its consistency, whether it's smooth or nodule, whether it's fixed or mobile, whether it's pulsating, and whether it's tender. Remember, a pulsating mass is pretty much going to be a vascular mass. Um, and remember that malignant masses are more often fixed, uh, nodular, and uh, non-tender. If you also palpate a mass, be sure to check the uh, lymph nodes in the uh, groin and thigh um, to determine whether or not they are also enlarged. Okay. These uh, this slide talks about some of the structures that could normally be palpable in an abdomen that you might find, especially in someone who's quite thin. Uh, you might be able to palpate the right kidney. Uh, you might be able to palpate the, the uh, liver border, the lower liver border. You should be able to feel the xiphoid process. Um, you may be able to palpate the aorta. Uh, the rectus abdominal muscles, those are those muscles that give you the six-pack. Uh, the cecum, the uterus, uh, a full bladder, the sacrum, and possibly the sigmoid colon. In order to palpate the liver, there are two, techs that you, two techniques that you can use. The slide here is showing you the, um, uh, the traditional technique where you place one hand underneath the waist of the patient. In this slide here, the patient's head is uh, would be located uh, right underneath where it says palpate liver as the title of the slide so that you can orient yourself better to how the patient is positioned here. Um, the examiner uh, picks up underneath the, the waist to um, support uh, the, the um, the structures and also to bring the liver up a little bit closer to the skin. Then you take your, uh, you use your non-dominant hand underneath the waist, and then you take your dominant hand on top of the abdomen, push up and down, uh, push down and excuse me, up underneath the rib cage, up toward the clavicle uh, to feel for the border of the liver. You can ask the patient to take a deep breath, um, which will push the liver down further below the, uh, the last rib and may make it easier for you to feel. And you should not be able to palpate a normal-sized liver on a normal-sized individual. Again, on somebody who's incredibly thin or on a child, you may be able to palpate the liver normally. 
Matter of fact, if you have children available at home, I would suggest you uh, try with them because uh, this may be your opportunity to, to feel the liver border that you probably won't feel in an adult. If you do feel the liver in a normal-sized adult, it's more than likely enlarged, which of, would, of course, be an abnormal finding. Uh, you can also palpate the spleen. Um, again, the spleen is normally not palpable. Uh, the, uh, it, in order to palpate the spleen, you would reach across to the patient. Remember, you're, st you're remaining on the right-hand side. You would reach across the patient, put that non-dominant hand again underneath their uh, waistline, and uh, support the, that uh, rib cage to pull that a little closer to the skin take your dominant hand and push down uh, and underneath the rib cage, but in this instance, point your fingers toward the uh, armpit rather than toward the clavicle. Um, if you do feel a spleen, then it is enlarged. It, that is abnormal. It is a, a surgical emergency when you find an enlarged spleen. It needs to be removed uh, immediately because it's very friable and it can rupture very easily. So you don't palpate it a second time and you don't encourage others to do it for fun. Um, so uh, uh, locating a, an enlarged spleen is a surgical emergency. It needs to be addressed right away. Um, I did neglect to tell you the second technique on the palpating the liver. The second technique is called the hook technique. And with that, you stand facing the feet of the, of the patient on the right-hand side. Hook your fingers over the uh, rib cage and, uh, that, and, and push down in there to try to see if you can find the liver border. Uh, there is, in the video, they do a good job of showing you that second technique. You may also be able to palpate the right kidney. The left kidney is actually higher than the right kidney, and it's up underneath the rib cage. And so it is uh, virtually impossible to feel that kidney unless it is incredibly enlarged due to a tumor. Uh, but the right kidney may be palpable, especially, again, in a very thin adult or in a child because of their thinner uh, abdominal walls. So you want to kind of place your hands in a duckbill position. Put your two wrists together and put uh, your non-dominant hand up underneath the patient and your dominant hand on top. Then you want at the waistline. Then you want to uh, push your fingertips together as close as you possibly can. Make a little basket there to catch the uh, kidney in. Asking the patient to take a deep breath uh, will push the kidney down a little bit lower and you may feel it move across your fingers. Um, if you do feel uh, a kidney, you want to note the consistency of it. It should be very smooth. Um, it should be have that very smooth outer coating, exactly like a, a kidney bean, or if you've ever eaten uh, like a beef kidney, it, they're encapsulated, meaning that they have a smooth uh, fibrous coating over the top of them uh, that, that is a very, very smooth, very slick. Uh, surface. If you feel any kind of mass or bump, that is completely abnormal, and it would indicate a, a tumor within the kidney. And this slide just gives you a picture of where the kidneys are located. You see the left is, is slightly uh, higher than the right, um, and they you can see that they're uh, at the waistline or above, um, and a portion of them is up underneath the rib cage. Um, most uh, uh, folks think the kidneys are lower than they actually are. They're actually pretty high up in the abdominal cavity. Okay. You do want to test for rebound tenderness. Um, and it, it, you, 
you want to test for rebound tenderness if you've elicited uh, any kind of uh, uh, tenderness or pain on, pal on palpation. What you do is you position your hand away from the tender area um, and you place your hand perpendicular to the abdomen, meaning, you know, at a right angle to it. Push your fingertips down into the abdomen at a spot that is on the opposite side from the tender area and then immediately let go. Um, and if the person has rebound tenderness, they will complain of pain when you uh, release your fingers. Uh, if there is rebound tenderness present, it indicates peritonitis. Um, and uh, it is, uh, I if you're concerned about uh, any soreness, you want to perform it at the end of the examination just in case there is a severe pain reaction so that you don't lose the cooperation of the patient. If you're concerned about ascites, especially if someone has a large abdomen and you're not exactly sure um, if the uh, largeness is due to uh, adipose tissue, due to um, ascites, or uh, due to a bowel obstruction, um, this fluid wave for ascites is a helpful technique. With this one, you are uh, uh, you put one of your hands on uh, the right side of the abdomen, have your patient lay their hand on top of the abdomen, and you put your hand on the uh, other, you put your other hand on the other side, you tap the right side and you should feel the wave come across the belly uh, onto, your onto the left hand. Um, so it will be an obvious wave like the kind that crashes against the, uh, the shore at a beach uh, rather than just jiggling at a post tissue. And this is one way to determine whether the size is due to fluid or due to um, other tissues. Some other special techniques. Uh, Murphy's sign is a sign that's often done to check for uh, cholecystitis or, or uh, gallbladder disease. Um, and that is when you're over the right upper quadrant, which would uh, co you know, uh, correspond to the uh, liver, you would uh, push down uh, during inspiration. And if it elicits pain, then that in the uh, um, costal margin or the midclavicular area, then that is suggestive of cholecystitis. Uh, Rosevine sign is another name for um, uh, rebound tenderness, um, and it does suggest appendicitis in that um, appendicitis often um, results in peritonitis. Um, and then the uh, so sign and obturator sign are less common, but I've included them here in case you're interested in learning a little bit more about these techniques. Um, in an infant, for the age-specific considerations, um, remember that they're, uh, they have very immature abdominal muscles, and the head and the abdomen are the biggest masses uh, as far as the body size in an infant, especially a young infant. Um, you'll see a lot of visible blood vessels on the abdomen up until puberty in a child, and you'll also see more abdominal respiratory movement in a child than you will in an adult. And because of the um, thin wall, uh, the peristalsis may be visible normally in an infant. Okay. Um, children normally have a pot-bellied look until about middle childhood. Um, because everybody's obsessed with obesity these days, sometimes that normal pot-belly look gets mistaken for um, a, 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 a obesity problem. It's not. Um, as long as they're, the rest of their limbs are, you know, in proportion and the pot belly, it, it's just a little pot belly look, that's not, an, that's not an issue. It has to do with their posture at that age, um, and it will disappear into their middle childhood. Um, so it's perfectly okay for them to have a little protuberant tummy. 
Uh, in pregnancy, um, you will have difficulty doing an abdominal assessment in the later stages of pregnancy um, because the uh, fetus will just smoosh all of these uh, um, structures uh, into places where they're not normally found, and they also will obscure your ability to locate um, structures, even you know, something as, as uh, large as the liver. In the elderly, you often have decreased um, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, decreased fat deposits in the abdomen, um, but increased fat deposits, I'm sorry, increased fat deposits in the abdomen um, and decreased in the extremities. Um, they also often have a, a poor abdominal tone, and um, that is kind of demonstrated by the pictures that I've shown here on the side of um, kind of, you might find some saggy skin and some loose uh, musculature there in the abdomen. Because of this, um, and because of the decreased sensory uh, perception in the elderly, they may not have a lot of the rigidity or pain complaints um, with an acute abdominal problem that you would normally expect to find in a younger individual. Our practice exam question for today, I have a 76-year-old patient with gas pains. His abdomen looks larger to you than an hour ago, and his umbilicus is now averted. His bowel signs are hyperactive. What condition may he be experiencing? Is it A, a hernia, B, an early intestinal obstruction, C, a late intestinal obstruction, or is he right and it's D, gas? And the correct answer is B. Um, distension, pain, and hyperactive bowel sounds are associated with an early obstruction. Um, a isn't correct, the hernia, because it's not usually accompanied by increased bowel sounds or an aversion of the umbilicus. Um, C, um, in late obstruction, sounds are usually hypoactive. And gas may cause pain and mild distension, but it should not decrease bowel sounds or increase bowel sounds, and it shouldn't cause a change in the umbilicus. Um, I will post this uh, as not only a slide share, but also as a podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast page. If you have any questions about any of the content, please feel free to give me a call. And uh, I will see you next week when our topic is the... Uh, is the female genitalia.